Church, there's healing in this place. There's deliverance in this place. There's direction in this place. And it all comes from the Lord. It's all by the Lord and through the Lord and with the Lord. Nothing without Him. We can't move without Him. We can't move forward without Him. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for being the author and the finisher of our faith, O God. We thank you, Lord, for giving us what we need to continue forth in your word. Continue forth in the calling that you have on each of our lives, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Before you take your seats, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 11, starting with verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And with the help and the leading of our Lord and Savior, I come to you for the remainder of our time with this message. And they continued. And they continued. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done here today in the lives of your people. You've called us, are calling us, and will continue to call us into deeper relationship with you. Lord, I pray right now that you would open our ears, hearts, and minds to your understanding. Bind every spirit of confusion and release your understanding in this place. Help us, Lord, to continue to be hearers and doers of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You may be seated. So there they were in the land of Shinar where they chose to dwell. From the passage we read, they needed to make bricks. There was a need to do so. This was an invention for them. Because normally they would use stones to build homes and buildings in general, but they decided to make bricks. This innovation of bricks from what we read in scripture and from further study was looked at in a negative way because the normal building materials again were stone and mortar, not bricks and slime. And also we know that the intent of the people was to reach the heavens. God showed me something very interesting about this creation of bricks, and he put, a, he put a question in my spirit. And the question that God had me ask is, did they all know how to make these bricks? Did they all know how to make these bricks? I'm talking to some Sunday school teachers today. I'm talking to some Bible study teachers today. I'm talking to some people who, 
who are, who are going to lead churches one day that aren't even birthed yet. So hear me. I'm not negating the fact that the intent of the people was wrong, but, 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 but they were set on building a tower to, that would reach the heavens, which got the attention of God. So they began to make these bricks. They united together for this purpose. They were all in like mind with one purpose. They were all with a single language. So there was no language barriers, if you will. But did they all know how to make bricks? I can't imagine they did. This was somewhat new for them. If they did not all know how to make bricks, then what did they have to do to ensure that the bricks were all made correctly, that they were all made the same? Plain and simple, they had to teach those who did not know how to make bricks how to do so. In order for them to continue building this tower that would reach the heavens, they needed to share this knowledge so that others could do the same. It was imperative. The people of Shinar knew the power in numbers, and nothing was going to stop them from building this tower to the heavens, so much that if it weren't for God stepping in, they would have succeeded in doing so. They were continuing, they were set on continuing. They knew they had to keep teaching. They knew they had to keep training. They knew they had to keep equipping the generations and generations to come. While they were doing so outside of the will of God, we today, in the will of God, can take note from this and should take note of this as we see the need to continue to teach others and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to continue to teach the generations to come, the newly born again believers, the seasoned believers, and everyone in between and beyond how to be a disciple and make disciples. We need to reflect the image and calling of Christ around us toward others. It's crucial. It's pivotal. It's important. It's something that cannot be forgotten or neglected. We teach others and share the good news with them so they can experience salvation for themselves. We teach others the value of discipleship so they can share that with others. We teach our children in the way that they should go so when they are old, they will not depart from it. We do our part and let God do what we can't and shouldn't. One plants, one waters, but who gives the increase? It's God. I don't know what word comes to your mind when I think about this training and equipping, but for me, that's where revival is rooted. For revival to be sustained, we need disciples making disciples. For revival to be sustained, we need Bible study teachers. For revival to be sustained, we need those who will stand on busy street corners and preach the gospel to every creature. For revival to be sustained, we have to have an understanding of this salvation message so we can share this with our friends, our classmates, our coworkers, our neighbor, and everyone in between. For revival to be sustained, we need to have an understanding of just who Jesus is to us. So we can share that with those who will walk through the doors of the church of Omaha who are hungry for more. For those that the Lord leads you to pray with, to witness to, to share your testimony with. I know and believe and have seen that there are people under the sound of my voice and beyond that are rising up to the challenge to continue, that are rising up to be a daily disciple, 
Those who were building this great tower were all in one accord. They were all like-minded with one purpose, but it was all for the wrong reason. Nothing mattered more to them than the task that lies ahead, that lied ahead. And just as those who were in a like mind at the Tower of Babel, and as we reflect on the power of unity in which they all had, that which we read that God had to put a stop to because he knew nothing would stop them from reaching the heavens, we turn over to the book of Acts chapters 1 and 2 of those that tarried in the upper room who were in one accord and in one place with their minds set on one thing, and that was the promise of the Holy Ghost, the power that came down from on high. There was an excitement that was stirring in them. Nobody was there just lackadaisically thinking, I wonder what's going to happen. They all knew why they were there. They all tarried. They all waited. Their hands weren't in their pockets saying, when's it going to happen? No, they waited with expectancy. They waited with some anticipation saying, I can't wait for this to come. I know it's going to happen soon. But let me tell you that not everybody that was there at the start was there at the end. But the 120 that were there when the Spirit came rushing in and cloven tongues sat upon each of them like fire. And they were all filled with the Spirit. Now watch this. At the Tower of Babel, their language was confounded. God confounded their language. In the upper room, they all spoke in tongues. Some recognized by outsiders, by bystanders, and they were united to, together again in a heavenly language, the Holy Ghost. God had a plan, a plan of unity. There was unity in that upper room. The Holy Ghost fell and those that were around that upper room heard them and were astonished as to what just took place. Some were a bit confused, and Peter took this timely opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had received this power from on high to go and do what Jesus told him and others, and you all here today, to do. To go and preach the gospel, to go and be witnesses of Jesus to every tribe, every tongue, every nation, to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's your neighbor. That's your family member that lives four states away or two cities away. That's a neighboring country or state. That's a dangerous place where the gospel is not allowed to be preached. They received the power. If you have been filled with his spirit, you have received this power. Amen. Amen. Pastor Lucas preached about this a lot during our first time, how we have the power now that we've been filled with the Spirit to go and do these things that we've been called to do. Someone say, I've got the power. That's right. Yes, you do. But let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that, or is it just something you said because I told you to say it? Amen. Please understand that these fingers are pointing back at myself. There might be one point in your way, but there's three or four, depending on where my thumb's at, pointing right back at me. <clears throat> when I ask these questions, I promise you that I have no secret intellect on any one of you unless the Lord shows me. But Jesus is in this place. And sometimes we are challenged by what he's asking. Are you walking in the power from on high? Are you confident in the power that you have received? Are you walking in this power that goes with you wherever you go? With this power from on high, 
There's a yearning that begins to build up, a desire to seek opportunities in these places that maybe other people choose not to go. But you're going to go because you've been led by God to do so. It may be as simple as going to a Hy-Vee instead of a Walmart. It may be as simple as going to a quick trip instead of a quick shop. I don't know what it is for you, but we walk in this power from on high to go where we've been called to go by the Lord. Amen? Are you walking in this power that goes with you wherever you go? The church grew vastly on the day of Pentecost, very quickly. When the Holy Ghost fell, the apostles grew into a mission mindset. They were ready to go. And then we read at the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, which says what? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, what's the very first part of that verse say? And they continued. Everybody say, and they continued. <laughs> How did they continue? Steadfastly. What this means is they persevered. They gave constant attention to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers. They gave constant attention to the word of God. This has lifestyle written all over it. They made this their lifestyle. Let me tell you that steadfastly is not bound to a building. Let me tell you that steadfastly is not bound to some Sunday service or Wednesday service or Friday night move the mission rally. It's not bound to some Sunday afternoon youth service. It's not bound to some Friday night fire. It's not bound to some Bible study that you have at home. No, it is not bound by any walls. Steadfastly is as you are going, as you are going, you persevere. You continue to press toward the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. It is, when, it is that which happens all the time, which is just how it becomes a lifestyle. While the apostles continued steadfastly, we read throughout the book of Acts and the greater part of the New Testament that they continued both together and apart from one another. The apostles would travel two by two, going from house to house, from city to city, and sometimes more. But we also see Philip. Anybody ever heard of Philip? who was called away from this great revival because the Lord told him to go. To go and witness to who? An Ethiopian eunuch. One person. There will be times where you are called away from what you think is great to go and find that one. Because let me tell you that Jesus rejoices over the one just as much, if not more, as he rejoices over the 99. <laughs> Because you listen and follow his word, you can reach that one. And let me just tell you about this, because even though Philip traveled alone, even though he was translated to, to, to where he went and back, he was not alone. He still had the Lord. He still had the prayers of his brothers and his sisters. I know you all pray for me because I pray for you. I can feel those prayers when I need it. And I know you can too because we are never alone. We may be physically alone, but hear me out here. I am not alone. I have you all. I've got the Lord. Are you, are you listening? Hallelujah. Above this, the apostles' faith was made very evident as they traveled everywhere. They continued steadfastly, but they were faithful. Their faith was crucial in, in the growth of the church daily. It was pivotal to the church multiplying at every turn. 
It was crucial when they stood before the Sanhedrin to be put on trial because they preached the gospel. It was crucial when they were sitting in the prison cell awaiting their trial, which could have led to certain death. It was crucial when they were followed by people who were trying to distract them from the work the Lord wanted them to do. They were faithful to the Lord. Wherever the Lord told them to go, they went. Yes, there were some questions along the way, but the Lord was faithful to answer. He was faithful to lead. He was faithful to give them what they need. Also, you've heard me say, me and others say this uh, across this pulpit, but it's okay to make sure that you are hearing, or what you are hearing is from the Lord. So long as you know that the Lord changes not. If he tells you to do something, go ahead and take it up in his word. Because remember, the Lord's not going to go outside of his word. We serve a God who keeps his promises. We serve a God who is ever faithful. Temptations came their way, just like temptations still come your way today, but they were faithful. Let me ask you, how many of you were tempted today? Am I the only one? Okay. But it's that decision we make to not give in that shows who we are in Christ. You see, I was tempted this morning to stay in bed. In fact, my alarm didn't go off this morning. I wanted to be at the church early today. But my alarm clock went off at 6.30 instead of, I think it was like 4.45. But, or, or I just slept through it. But I was tempted to lay there because I had a really long weekend. And I can tell you about that more later. But I had a really long weekend, so I just, I kind of wanted to stay in bed this morning. I'm like, you know what? I have to choose to get up. How many of you chose to woke up this morning? How, how many of you choose to come to church today? Did you know that there, there might have been a temptation to say, well, I don't have to come to church today. You, it may not have been great for you, but sometimes it is for me. Is that all right? Well, if it's not, then we can talk about that later, too. It was, it was the decisions the apostles made that showed who they were in Christ. They were faithful to their calling, which goes right along with being faithful to the Lord because they were faithful to the Lord. They could be faithful to his calling on their lives. Someone say, you can't be called without first knowing the one who is calling you. <clears throat> Thank you. You guys have been great today. One can't stay faithful in their calling without first being faithful to the one who called them. Let me say that again. One can't stay faithful in their calling without first being faithful to the one who called them. Last but not least, they were faithful to their brethren, those of like precious faith, their brothers and their sisters in Christ. There were times where they had their disagreements, they had their differences, but what they didn't go and do is gossip to somebody else about them. What they did do is pray about it. What they did do is take it up with not just any counselor, but the wonderful counselor. Over the situation, possibly their attitude, through it all. They needed their brothers in Christ. There came times where they traveled alone when the Lord called, right? But they still had the prayers of others. Hallelujah. And just as they continued, so we must continue Paul writes in Colossians 2, starting with verse 5, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with 
thanksgiving. Church, we must continue steadfastly, giving thanks to the Lord and doing the work of the Lord. It is consistent. Again, it is carefully tended to. It's like gardening. When you start a garden, sometimes you start with either a seed or sometimes you buy the plant from the store and bury it at home because whoever planted that seed and sold it to the store seemed to know what they were doing. Either way, we, it must be carefully, daily tended to. Otherwise, the weeds will take over this garden area and your plant will die. I don't know all the ins and outs of gardening. I know that weeds are bad. Fruit is good. Dry plants mean dead. Water helps plants. I don't know all the different soil types and whatnot. I'm not even sure I could start a plant from the seed, but hear me. What, you can't just set a seed into the ground and forget about it. If we are to walk in Christ, we must carefully tend to our relationship with Him. We must be consistent. If we are to be rooted and built up in Him. Go back to verse number 7. <clears throat> That's awesome. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. If we are to be rooted and built up with him, are you hearing me? We must continue steadfastly. And also like the apostles who set a prime example for believers for generations and generations to come, we must continue faithfully. Because of your faithfulness to the Lord, you can be faithful to your calling. We must continue as the apostles continued steadfastly and faithfully. And here's more. And through all of this, through all of this steadfast and faithful continuance, there is this underlying current, there is this glue that holds everything together, and that is this. They continued steadfastly and faithfully together. Church, we must stay together. We must be in unity. As we come to a close together today, the Lord wants to remind you today that we must continue steadfastly and faithfully together. Without continuing steadfastly and continuing faithfully together, there are dangers that come with trying to do things alone or isolating yourself from one another. Sometimes you may think you can do something alone. Sometimes you think you may be able to handle a situation alone. But let me tell you, I don't want to do it alone just like the song we sang. I give it all. We love you, Jesus. We can't get enough. We don't want to do it without you. And the same is true with the brothers and sisters in Christ. If I'm struggling with something, I, I, I know I've got people that I can go and talk to because I don't want to handle that alone. I don't want my brother or my sister to handle that alone. That's why we've got to be in unity together so we can handle these things together. Can I tell somebody today that you are never alone? Look around you. You've got brothers and sisters that are surrounding you. Praise team, come on up here. Make your way up here now. You know, recently we went door knocking and evangelizing. No one went by themselves. What you don't find in Acts 2.42 is he continued or she continued. No, what does it say? Acts 2.42. And they continued. So church, as we come to a close here today, I feel like doing things just a little differently. These altars are open, but I want you to find a brother or a sister to pray with. 
I want you to find somebody to connect with. We've got to connect together. We've got to grow together. We've got to serve together. We've got to lead together. Stand with me. We've got to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer together. Church, there is such power in unity as we've seen from the very beginning of time and into the upper room, the power in unity. They were united at the beginning outside of what God was planning. Then the apostles and those came together in what what God was planning all along. We must continue in like fashion together. Now, I'm not saying that we're not united, but God is taking this church to places yet unseen. God is taking this church to places yet unseen and it's been confirmed over and over again that unity is crucial, unity is necessary, it's needed, that we've got to be united together. So I want to come to a close together. I want to close out this time together in unity. I want to pray in unity. I want to seek His face in unity. Go ahead and go find somebody to pray with. Go ahead and go find somebody to to connect with. Go ahead and go find somebody to lift up the name of Jesus with. I'm telling you, we're not alone. We don't walk alone. Go ahead in Jesus' name. May we continue together in unity in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah.